statue from the Sandia Mountains of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome to the Craves Controversy Podcast, where law and history meet to understand judicial opinions. I'm your host, Tara H. Thank you all for joining. As our first episode in this series, I figured we should start off with a bang. The case we're focusing on today is one that continues to blow my mind. District of Columbia v. Heller. This case was decided back in June 26, 2008, and reinterpreted part of the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. Some facts on this case. Dick Anthony Heller, a police officer, sued the District of Columbia after the district enforced a new firearms code under the Firearms Control Regulation Act. The code stated a person couldn't carry an unregistered firearm, couldn't register a handgun, and included restrictions on how a person could keep a registered firearm. When Heller was denied a license to keep a handgun at home, he challenged the code, claiming it violated his Second Amendment right to bear arms. The district court dismissed his claim, so he appealed. The United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit reversed the district court's ruling. The appellate court held the Second Amendment protects a person's right to keep firearms at home for self-defense, thus leading the District of Columbia to appeal the case to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court had to decide whether the D.C. Code restrictions violated the Second Amendment. So here's where things start to get interesting. This case involves a question of self-defense when interpreting the Second Amendment. The last time the Second Amendment was brought up to the Supreme Court was in 1939, with the case United States v. Miller. When you look at the Second Amendment in its entirety, the original intent focused on maintaining a free state, or preventing the country from falling into tyranny. The entire amendment reads, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. When the amendment was ratified in December 1791, the intent behind the law was for citizens to keep their weapons should they need to fight against their own military in the case of a tyrant overtaking the country. Mind you, the modern weapons back in 1791 were muskets and flintlock pistols. If you applied the original intent of the Second Amendment to today's laws, the average citizen should have rights to current military-grade weapons. However, the Constitution is, after all, a living, breathing document. And the evolution of the Second Amendment is a perfect example of what that means. With how advanced our military is today, it's no wonder the Second Amendment has been reinterpreted. The court clarified, like all rights, the Second Amendment is not unlimited. Felons and the mentally ill do not have rights to weapons, you can't take a weapon everywhere, and a person can't have all the same grade weapons as the military, like a rocket launcher, for example. In District of Columbia v. Heller, the court held in a 5-4 decision the Second Amendment includes the individual rights to bear arms, defending the right to keep a gun in a person's home for self-defense, and the District of Columbia's code violated that right. What truly amazed me in this case was a justice who delivered the opinion, Justice Scalia. Justice Scalia was considered an originalist. An originalist generally regards constitutional amendments in their original intent. As I mentioned before, the original intent of the Second Amendment was to maintain a free state, enabling the citizens to form a militia with their weapons to defend against a tyrant and subsequently the military beneath them. This is considered a collective right, 
more so than an individual right. Yet, Justice Scalia himself wrote the opinion defending individual rights and even separated the right to bear arms from a well-regulated militia. He didn't deny the Second Amendment should preserve the ability to form a militia, but actually expanded the right. The right to bear arms applied to lawful purposes in this case to guarantee an individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation, which included defending hearth and home. The court did not affect the scope of a militia in the amendment, leaving it alone for a future case. While Justice Scalia was a member of the Federalist Society, which values individual liberty, my only other thought to his reasoning might have been influenced by the prior case, United States v. Miller. In that case, Jack Miller and Frank Layton were charged with violating the National Firearms Act for transporting a sawed-off shotgun. That decision in Miller was interpreted differently over time, but in Heller, the majority used it as an example for claiming individual rights and defending the standard weapon typically used by law-abiding citizens. So, coming full circle, the Second Amendment developed from having the right to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with military to defend a free state into having the right to keep a weapon in a person's household at the level of reasonable threat. Here's the kicker. The government has the power to define and regulate what is considered a reasonable threat. As I mentioned before, the average law-abiding citizen doesn't have a rocket launcher because the government doesn't consider that a reasonable threat to one's home. While I absolutely do not think everyone should have access to said rocket launchers, I do find it interesting that the Second Amendment has been scaled back so much with this case when you consider it. While the court allowed for more definition, the focus shifted away from defending the right to have the capability to collectively defend against a tyrant. Instead, the court seems to have developed the law's interpretation, focusing on defending oneself. Something to consider when you look at the Second Amendment in its entirety again. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and follow for next week's episode.